We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. Proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And sponsored by TickPick, the best place to get your tickets to see the Rams or anyone else. And I'm here, as always, with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, you just had the delight of listening to me munch on some chips before the podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan of the don't eat on podcast rules. If you hear me munching on the pod, please call me out because I fucking hate when people do that. Um, But... You know, a month ago, we were wrapping up November, and the Rams went winless in November. It felt like the sky is falling. Lo and behold, a month later, the Rams go undefeated in December, are in control of the NFC West. All they need to do is win out, and (laughs) a good shot to get the two seed, man. I mean, how are you feeling? It's been a real, real change of fate for this team. Well, first off, Steve... You can't leave us hanging. What kind of chips were you eating? <laughs> they were uh, Chipotle tortilla chips. And honestly, I love Chipotle tortilla tips, chips. This is the worst batch I've ever had. They're like burnt. <laughs> it's easily the worst chips I've ever had from there. Well, damn. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Shout out to... Uh, I, I, I'm not going to put the specific location on blast. It was somewhere in New Hampshire, not my usual Chipotle. The Astoria Queens Chipotle, the chips are always great. Man got his uh, burnt tortilla chips. Sad day. <laughs> it was a bummer. But, uh... <laughs> well, enough about the tortilla chips. Uh, focusing more on the question as to how I'm feeling. Dude, like I... If you go back to November, it was such like a solemn vibe because of the losing streak that they had. And now they have a very good shot at finishing number two. 
that's insanity. We didn't even think that they could catch the division, much less, you know, be number two. That's that's insane. Um, so yeah, I, I'm stoked, man. You know, I uh I mean a lot of it has to do with uh, the Cardinals pit fall down into <laughs> into the playoffs. Um yeah, I not exactly uh sure what's happening there, but um <laughs> I'm not sad about it. Yeah, they 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 really took our place quickly as just being the embarrassing team in the division, but and it's funny because you know we were rooting for them to lose, just continue to lose games so we can win the division, but now we're in such control of the division if we win out, we I think we want them to win this week. Because if they beat Dallas and we take care of business against Baltimore and against San Francisco, which is a big if based on how the last San Francisco game went, if Arizona wins this week, we'll get the two seed, which, uh, you know, is crazy. It's absolutely crazy we're in this position after the month we had of November. And and that's that's a very good point, you know. Um, it, it's it's such a huge game for, for – uh... Well, the NFC West, because let's face it, uh, nobody in the NFC East is going to challenge the Cowboys. And I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, no disrespect to the Cowboys or anything, because they're they're a pretty damn good team still. But let's face it, they didn't get challenged at all in that division. No, they really didn't. And they, that somehow that division is probably going to end up with two teams in the playoffs, which is even more insane because of what you said. They were not challenged in that division at all, but the Eagles just, they're beating all the bad teams on their schedule. I mean, they have a loss to the Giants, but for the most part, they've beaten every bad team they've played. And as a result, because the the bottom of the NFC is so weak, you know, it's basically... I was I was testing out some, you know, playoff machine stuff today to see like if the Rams get the two seed, could they still play San Francisco? The answer is a, a resounding yes, and uh, you know they they really feel like, it really feels like it's going to be San Francisco and the Eagles. The Saints have a shot. Uh, they have a weak schedule to close out the season. The Vikings still have a shot, but they have a pretty weak or they have a pretty tough schedule to end the season. So <laughs> there really might be two teams out of that division, which is crazy. <laughs> it, it's it's just such a weird way that the uh, the playoff picture formed uh, <laughs> this this past month. Really, it, it just seemed like to go in a completely separate direction, and, and not just for the Rams, but for a lot of other teams as well. If you look back in November, I think we see an entirely different playoff picture with the exception of a few teams. Oh, for sure. I mean, the AFC is almost even more ridiculous. The Dolphins are in the playoffs. They were one in seven. And they're doing the same shit as the Eagles. Uh, They had a nice win against Baltimore a couple weeks ago, but they've just been playing not good teams. And to their credit, they're beating them all. They're, They're getting it done. That's all you have to do in this league to get to the playoffs is usually you just beat the teams you should be beating. Yeah, that's that's essentially the formula. And I, I hate to kind of like 
compare like the Dolphins with the last year Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, but it, it's almost kind of similar where they didn't have the hottest start. And mind you, it wasn't one in seven or anything like that, but they didn't have the hottest start and they somehow ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, I mean, anything could happen. I There's no fucking way the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know. They've beaten, on this winning streak, they've beaten the Texans, Ravens, Jets, Panthers, Giants, Jets, and the Saints with Ian Book as their quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Ravens, that's that's a good win. Lamar played in that game. Other than that, uh, all these teams are awful. Yeah, I mean, there's really no going around that. And, you know, you can look at the early start to the season and say, hey, maybe they didn't find their groove uh, and they had a really tough schedule, which they did, but they also lost to Jacksonville and the Falcons in that stretch. So it's not like they only lost to good teams. Uh, We'll see, though. We'll see how they do in the playoffs. I'm curious. Uh, But let's (laughs) – it's not a NFL round podcast, but, hey, we we haven't done a non-post-game podcast in quite a while, so it's nice to not – hop in here and have to talk heavily about a game that just happened. This will be coming out Thursday morning, so the Rams played quite a bit ago. And because it's been so long for us to do a podcast, Johnny, we haven't even talked about the Rams Pro Bowlers. So before we hit on some stuff from the Minnesota game, probably won't cover it too in-depth, but uh, we say that now, ask again in 30 minutes. Rams had four Pro Bowlers this year. They're pretty obvious. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Gay. Shout out to Matt Gay, man. What a legend. First Pro Bowls. <laughs> First Pro Bowls for uh, Matt Gay and Cooper Cup. Uh, I think this is Donald's eighth in as many seasons. He's never not been selected for a Pro Bowl, which is wild. And uh, I think it's a fifth for Jalen Ramsey. I don't think it's really worth sitting here talking about who made it because we've talked probably at length about how good all four of those guys is the Rams had four Pro Bowl alternates Matthew Stafford is probably the big exception here Andrew Whitworth another one who seems like he could have gotten in but it's always a numbers game with these guys Leonard Floyd was a Pro Bowl alternate (laughs) and Brian Allen was a Pro Bowl alternate so if you're a longtime listener of this podcast you know we had to bring that up because uh I don't know how he got picked as a Pro Bowl alternate, but shout out to him. He's having a good year. Uh, we thought he was terrible heading into the year, and it turns out he's not, so good for him. But, I mean, is there any of those alternates or anyone else that you think really should have made it? I mean, Stafford would be the one that stands out to me, but Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady made it, and I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum for him making it over any of those guys, especially after Sunday. Well, if you go by the numbers, he should have got in over Kyler Murray. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is, had solidified a spot. Tom Brady is still having a hell of a year, um, despite everything. So, Kyler Murray, um, between injuries and you know, kind of struggling as of late, I thought he should have got the nod over Murray. But is it like the biggest snub I've ever seen? Of course not. You know, it, it at least he got picked for an alternate. Um, 
to me, I, I think that's fine. It, it's not the end of the world that he didn't get selected. Uh, personally, I think he should have. But again, it, it wasn't a huge divide there. You know, there there are certainly bigger snubs that you could see in, in other areas for sure. Yeah, I it's if uh, if he did make it over Kyler. The I'm sure the Cardinals podcast would be having the same conversation. Kyler did miss some time, so it, there's certainly a case. But, I mean, boy, did Stafford do everything in his power to prove the naysayers right this week that he shouldn't have been in the Pro Bowl, huh? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we, we, we could pick and choose what we want to talk about in this Vikings game because, you know, Der- Derek and, and Mike came back and hopped on a postgame show for that. I believe i hope that's true um i know i know they came back uh but matthew stafford in this game it was a 30 23 win for the vikings really if he played okay probably a blowout win you know not a not a 50 to 10 win but a game where it was really only felt like it was close because Stafford just kept giving them the ball. Uh, 21 at 37, 197 yards, 5.3 yards uh, per, per pass, one touchdown, three interceptions, wasn't sacked in this game. Uh, we can talk about the line in a minute. Shout out to them. That was a huge performance by them. A 38.3 QBR and a 46.8 passer rating. Oddly enough, because QBR and passer rating are such different stats, he had a better QBR than Kirk Cousins in this game, but a way worse <laughs> passer rating because um, ESPN weights these things differently. But I don't know if this was his worst game of the year, but it certainly was close, and it felt good that the Rams were able to win one of these Stafford gives the game away games. But Jesus Christ, man, like this this was fucking insane. Some of the, the throws he was making were just like comically bad like you know we don't rag on him as and i mean we've ragged on everyone's ragged on a bit this year you don't rag on him as hard as you do goff because like we know the the positives of stafford elevate this team when he's on and that hasn't been hadn't been true for goff over the last couple years since 2018 i would say but uh shit man his lows are just as low if not lower uh, it is brutal when he comes out and plays like this. Can you do me a favor and hold that thought on Matthew Stafford? Because as much as I say things that are not true on this podcast sometimes, one thing I can tell you guys that is true is that if you want to score tickets to see the Rams or whatever other teams you like, TickPick is the best website to get your tickets on. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. It is the original no-fee ticket-buying website. And that means no fees. You get rid of those service fees. They're going to get you the best deals. And they guarantee that they're going to get you the best deal. And if you don't believe me or you don't believe TickPick, if you could actually find a better price for the same seats from another ticket website, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference. Essentially, they'll be paying you to buy tickets on their website because they are that confident that they are going to give you the best possible deal on tickets. And with the Rams winning three straight games, they're back. They might get a home game of SoFi if they do, or if you just want to see them wrap up the season, use TickPick to get the best deal on any tickets you can get. And to make it even better, 
If you head over to TickPick.com slash RTR and use our promo code RTR, you're going to save $10 on your first pair of tickets using TickPick. So there's nobody, I mean, go out, if you want to go to these games, get your tickets at TickPick, and yeah, you're going to get the best deal possible. And now, Johnny, you can tell me about Matthew Stafford, please. You know, uh, I have to say, when when I saw all these turnovers that Stafford, you know, was throwing out there, I could have sworn it was 2020, and and uh, I was watching Jared Goff out there. You know, I didn't see a huge difference because a lot of these throws were kind of poor decisions that we were kind of used to seeing, um, uh, you know, Goff do. And I think that's ultimately the frustrating aspect of all of this is if you throw an interception, let's say, you know, uh, Stafford's throwing downfield, he kind of underthrows it or overthrows it and it, and it gets picked off. It sucks, but you can live with that. But when you see him hold on to the football and you see him just randomly throw it into the air only for, you know, a linebacker, to to intercept him not once but fucking twice that's frustrating and there's just no excuse for it you know it, 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 and it's like you it's it's so frustrating to see that because it's not like he doesn't have the opportunity to throw the ball away you know it, it's if if you don't have a play and I get it. You want to extend the play as much as you possibly can, you know, to, to, you know, make that play. But if you got nothing, you got nothing, you throw it away. Even if you have to end up punting the, the next play, I'd rather the punt than have the defense go back out there and try to bail your ass out yet again. Yeah. On the 10, you know? on the 10 yard line on the 10 yard and you know, hats off to the defense because if the defense played like shit, the Rams get blown out by the Minnesota Vikings. So Stafford did not make it easy for this defense at all. No. And, and like the three, it was a nice range of interceptions for him in this game. Like he had the one that got tipped at the goal line um, that ended up turning into a touchdown. And you could look at that and say, it wasn't totally his fault. It wasn't totally his fault. It got tipped, but a, you threw it low, low enough to get it tipped. Um, and B, if you really watch the replay of that pass, I don't know where he was throwing it. He was, looked like he was looking at Higby, who was in double coverage. So it's not like I don't really give him a pass there because A, he threw three fucking interceptions in the game, and B, it wasn't like he was looking at an open man and the defensive lineman just made a great play. He wasn't make, He made a bad decision. A defensive lineman did make a great play, and then Anthony Barr made a great play. Then there was the one... Uh, he he threw an interception on a deep ball, which happens, but uh, it was in double coverage to Van Jefferson, and Van Jefferson's become a good deep threat. He's not a guy that's going to go get the ball in double coverage type of deep threat. Uh, so I hated that throw. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It deserved to get picked off. And the one that I think you were talking about where he basically just gave the Vikings three points, uh, tried to throw like a crossbody pass to Sonny Michelle wasn't open and he threw it right to Anthony Barr and he could have just thrown it into the fucking stands uh it's just I feel like he doesn't throw the ball away like I, I, I like it's crazy it's it's fucking insane 
for a guy who, um, you know, and you pick up bad habits playing on bad teams, and he played on a lot of bad teams. And while he's got a lot of good habits, when you're always playing from behind, you don't really need to throw the ball away that much. And maybe that's just one thing that he unfortunately developed playing on these shitty Lions teams for so long that he never really had to throw the ball away. And he needs to throw the ball away now because this team is always pretty much in a competitive game. They rarely get shelled. And you have to take care of the football. You can't be doing shit like this. And like you said, the defense played great. Wasn't perfect, but a great game. If they played mediocre, they don't win this game. So it's it's good to see the Rams finally overcome a game like this. It would be even better if these games just stopped fucking happening. Yeah, absolutely. And and while I, I will admit that the Vikings don't get the credit they deserve from time to time. I don't think they're that great of a team. I I really don't. And it'd be nice to see the Rams kind of, you know, demolish a team like the Vikings because they could. And, And it's like you said, Steve, if Stafford had even a, a somewhat mediocre game, I think that the Rams won by like 20. Right. Yeah, it's it, it should have been a, a, a bigger lead. And, and the reason it wasn't was basically solely on him. You know, the the secondary got beat a couple times, you know, it, it, but Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback. And if it wasn't for Cooper Cup, uh, Justin Jefferson would probably be being talked about as the best receiver in football. You know, he's having an unbelievable season that's just getting a little overshadowed by Cooper Cup's more unbelievable season. So you, you, we're not going to sit here and drag the defense for giving up 116 yards to Justin Jefferson. That shit happens, man. If you give up under 100 yards, that's a a gigantic victory for your team. So it's the defense played great, um, but yeah, he can't be doing this shit. He's he's got to stop. Uh, I mean, we, Johnny, I think we want to talk about through some of these injuries. So we'll, we'll get to, you know, the inside linebacker play and the running back play in a, in a little bit. But I mean, did you have any other big thoughts on this game? Defense was a solid performance. And I did want to shout out, it was a banged up offensive line. They gave up no sacks. It got even more banged up during the game. Brian Allen got hurt and they had to shift, uh, shift and players line. A Lark Jackson came in and got a lot of time. He put up in the best PFF grade on the offense in this game, 81. Uh, so just shout out to him, man, and shout out to the the reserves of the Rams in this game. No Andrew Whitworth, no Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen comes out. They're playing Coleman Shelton and Alaric Jackson. Do you have no sacks, man? That, that's a big deal, and I think it should be celebrated. No, absolutely. I, I mean, really, the past couple of weeks – the the Rams offensive line has kind of shifted around because of the whole uh, COVID issues and the fact that, you know, the offensive line has never really been an issue all season. There's only been one game that I can recall where it was an issue. And the fact that, you know, these past few games were not issues despite the loss of key starters, 
that's impressive. That's really impressive, you know? And, and um, I was real happy what I saw out there with the Larry Jackson. Mind you, he's not the next uh, Andrew Whitworth or anything like that. But, you know, for a guy that was an undrafted free agent, this was, you know, a, a player that the the Rams obviously had high hopes for because um, he was the literally their first undrafted free agent that they brought in. And he's, you know, he's holding his own. And, uh, you know, if he continues to develop, this is a guy that the Rams should definitely invest in, especially if he continues to have this kind of um, potential going moving forward. And, you know, shout out to David Edwards for, you know, shifting over from guard to tackle as well. Um, you know, this this entire offensive line played extremely well, considering they shifted around so many times just in this game alone. So, yeah, and, and a big kudos has to go to coaching for that as well, because it, it, it's, a, it's a tall task to uh, replace Andrew Whitworth to begin with, but to do it in, like, less than 24 hours – that's that's uberly impressive for sure man this was uh a really really commendable performance by that offensive line and yeah the coaching staff deserves credit for it <laughs> we we certainly drag them a lot on this show so uh they deserve a lot of credit for being able to adapt like that and that's two weeks in a row they've had to adapt at the last second uh on different sides of the ball and uh they came through both times it's uh this winning streak has been really cool to see how this team uh, has adapted in the face of adversity. Speaking of that, let's uh, go through some of these injuries that have happened and we can touch on the performance of the players that filled in during these games. Big bummer for us as uh, really the, the Ernest Jones fan podcast here. Guy played great in a couple plays in this game. He had a big tackle early on in the game, but he's ended up getting a high ankle sprain. He's week to week. We probably won't. We're not going to see him for the rest of the regular season. We might see him back in the playoffs. There's no. They haven't shut him down for the year, but uh, it's seems unlikely that he would be playing in the first round of the playoffs. And to get him back, we'd probably have to make a deep run. Sucks to see it. He was having a great year. He's really coming to his own. Yeah, I. Um... It, it it sucks because it seems like uh, there's been so many injuries, and particularly for this rookie class, man. Uh, this this rookie class has not gotten any uh, has not gotten any breaks at all. And Ernest Jones was was about the only guy out there that um, <laughs> that was actually starting to get uh, you know some kind of breakthrough and then for him to just go out uh, and like you said there might there might be a possibility for him to come back hopefully by the playoffs and then um but yeah there was a, a lot of injuries in this game uh you know Daryl Henderson being another one uh you know we mentioned Brian Allen it, it just it was it was a, a tough game because of all these injuries Plus, we were just starting to get healthy from COVID. So, yeah, it tough game, man. Yeah, man. 
it, it was tough to have this many in, injuries in one game. So many people were were coming out, and uh, I think this one's going to hurt the most. Seems like we're getting Brian Allen back. Uh, talk about Daryl Henderson in a minute, but we're going to miss Ernest Jones, man. And and to be fair, though, the guys who filled in, Troy Reader had a decent game for you know, especially for him, considering how he's played in the last couple weeks, and. Uh, I have been known to clown on the Twitter crowd that has believed in Traven Howard because I continue to say there's no evidence whatsoever to believe in this guy. But damn, man, he played a pretty fucking good game. Uh, That interception was a real smart play uh, right as he comes into the field. He was making some tackles. He was making some plays in pass defense. Uh, uh, Thing people have been quick had always been quick to point out with Howard was that he was uh, good in coverage for a linebacker and you can certainly feel that and in, in his snaps in this game we'll see I I need to see how the, this duo performs in uh the next two games to say I am confident in them I don't think I'll ever be confident in Troy Reader but it could feel it could definitely feel worse after losing Ernest Jones, considering, you know, how we felt about this unit for the last couple of years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it it was uh it was interesting to see Traven Howard out there, especially considering you hadn't really seen much of him all season long, and for him to come in, step up in in a crucial time, uh, make a crucial play, that that's awesome, man. Uh, I I hope he continues to progress. I, I mean, the more the more uh, potential we can get out of. Uh, at, at the inside linebacker position, all freaking take it, man, because <laughs> at, at this point, you know, losing Ernest Jones was was a huge blow. So um, I, I'm glad to see that Traven Howard stepped up. I mean, Troy Reader, w- one thing about Troy Reader is you can never accuse the guy of not trying. He's always been a guy that's out there uh, in in a lot of effort, may not be the best guy out there, uh, and typically you don't want him as your starter, but considering, I mean, you lost your best inside linebacker. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how these tandem, this tandem does. And uh, I hope to see Justin Hollins kind of get, you know, shuffled in here and there at the inside linebacker position. I know he's 
kind of versatile that way, but he's just kind of easing his way back after coming back from an injury too. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Uh, I think Reader did play well in this game, but I'm very scarred, and I need to see a couple of those before I put any eggs back into that basket. I, let's let's talk about the running backs. It was what a fucking roller coaster of a week for the Rams' backfield. Started with Cam Akers getting activated off of the injured reserve, big in the active roster. Then immediately announces that he's now traveling with the team. Then it turns out that. They activated him for three games so that this year will count onto his pension uh, in the future, which uh, we don't need to talk about NFLPA pension right now. But uh, it it seems like he will play at some point. It's unclear how much and when. Um, then this week, Daryl Henderson, we find we finally actually get him back from you know injury, and he on his first carry in this game. He breaks out a big run. He runs for 17 yards. He gets hurt. He's going to the IR. I don't remember if they announced if he's done for the year, but I feel like he's probably done for the year. Uh, We also can't get him back until the divisional round at the earliest, even if he's not. And while all this is happening, Sony Michelle is making a case to get re-signed as this team's lead back with how he's been playing, averaging over four yards of carry in his last four games on 18 plus attempts in each of those four games. He ran for 131 yards this week. I'm pretty sure that's the highest total by a running back for the Rams this year. Second time for him running for a hundred yards in a game. Uh, he's been playing fucking unbelievable. And, you know, before we get to the cam acres of it all, it sucks that Henderson got hurt. I wish he didn't. I'd love to have him in the rotation. Assuming Michelle doesn't get hurt, I don't think the backfield misses a beat without him. Uh, you, you know, as far as uh, losing Henderson, I, I mean, for some, it, it's not going to be that noticeable for the past few weeks because Henderson has been injured. Uh, and Sony Michelle has carried the load very well. He looks comfortable being out there as the lead back and, uh, there isn't a huge rush to get Cam Akers back uh, because of how well he's been playing. That said, there is still a rush to get Cam Akers back because beyond Sony Michelle, there's not much. You you got Jake Funk. Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> You know, no disrespect to to Jake Funk or anything. We <laughs> he just he just uh, he's not ready. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 say that much. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where you know the loss of Daryl Henderson is gonna be felt because should Sony Michelle need a breather or you know he gets hurt for a couple plays or needs to miss for any certain amount of time you really don't have anyone there. And that's when we're going to feel the effects of Daryl Henderson. So as much as I'd kind of like Cam Akers to kind of sit out until the playoffs or at least till the 49er game, I think we kind of need Cam Akers at least to be available on the sideline just in case 
something happens to Sony Michelle. You don't necessarily have to put him in the game, but uh, yeah, I I'd be a little concerned because uh, it just takes one play, as we saw with Daryl Henderson, to uh, you know get an injury there, uh, and I do not feel confident with Jake Funk as our lead back. <laughs> oh no, man. Uh, they're calling. They're they're calling Todd Gurley off the street if Sonny Michelle gets her and uh, Cam Akers can't go. It, like like when they gave Jake Funk that carry in this game, I felt just like the the meme of Michael Bluth taking the dove out of the dead dove bag out of the fridge and just going, "I don't know what I expected," <laughs> because yeah, I didn't think of anything but a. A zero yard carry. I don't think Akers plays this week. I think next week he gets activated. He comes in for a ceremonial carry at SoFi. Uh, maybe even the first play of the game and then probably doesn't really play. I think there is a chance to that they they will bring him in as a spell back if they feel confident that he can go. Uh maybe in week eighteen and you know, probably more likely in the playoffs. But there's just no reason to stop riding Sonny Michel right now. It's working. He's playing well. Uh, as shitty of it is of a thing to say, they have no long-term commitment to him, so it's not like they need to keep him fresh for next year. Uh, I Hopefully he gets a nice contract in the summer, whether it's here or elsewhere, and continues to play well. But I just don't really see a reason why you would stop, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's not only is it not broke, it, it's running in high definition right now. Oh, without a doubt. I, and I, I don't think there should be any, any aspect where you, you know, disrupt that rhythm because, hey, you know, if it's working, you know, don't, <laughs> don't disrupt it. Don't do anything to it. Just keep, just keep the rhythm going, and you know. If if Cam Akers is needed, throw him out there. That's that's really it. Although Steve, I I got a I got a bone to pick with Rams Nation. I, I have to call out some of the uh, some of the Ramily here. Let's hear it, guys. I have to be real with you guys. I didn't like what I was seeing in the Twitterverse and Facebook, where like everyone was basically saying. Oh, Daryl Henderson's too soft and, you know, he gets injured too much. We should cut him. And it's like, guys, you weren't saying that earlier this season when he was dominating. You know, I don't know. Like for me, I, I just it got a bad taste in my mouth. Like, yeah, he got hurt. It sucks. And I'm sure he's not happy about it either. But it's like, dude, like, seriously, you're, you're seriously going to cut a talented guy just because he got hurt. That's kind of dumb. It's definitely dumb. Uh, I, I don't, I, I agree. I don't agree that either. I mean, it's one thing to say he's injury prone, but we've known his entire career. that he's injury prone to call him soft is silly. NFL players aren't soft. If you get to the NFL, it's incredibly unlikely that you're soft. So it's just, it's just fucking stupid. Cut that shit out. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, like I said, we were we were saying a whole nother tone. 
earlier this season when Daryl Henderson was dominating and he was, uh, you know, he was, he was out there uh, getting it done. Uh, unfortunately injuries happen sucks, but it's true. Yeah, definitely not ideal. Wish we had him here, but I, I do feel good about the backfield moving forward, man. It's in good shape. Uh, we would be remiss if before we wrap up thoughts on the game, if we didn't talk about the special teams player of the week, Johnny, Brandon Powell. The fucking Six, savior. What a legend. What a legend. We spent so much time on this podcast being depressed about the state of the return unit. And even in this game, Cooper Cup still fielded a punt. He still fielded a punt in this game. But I don't fucking care because Brandon Powell signed this man five years, $100 million. I don't care what you got to do. Keep him in the building. <laughs> I scored. I think they said it was the, what, the second return touchdown, a punt return touchdown of the year he had in this game. Uh, it was a fucking beautiful return. A lot of great blocks. Shout out to Brayson Hopkins. I saw making a big block on that play, as well as I think Kendall Blanton was the other guy who made a nice block late in the return. But uh, Powell truly had a, a game-changing punt return. And for a year where, besides Matt Gay, every facet of our special teams has been contributing in the wrong way was really great to see Brandon Powell score a touchdown. It's been really great to see how well he's been returning in this game. It was really great to see him yell at Brent Sk- Ben Skoranek for being a fucking moron on <laughs> getting in his way, not letting him feel the bunt. Uh, I love this guy. I honestly went on uh, the Rams website to see if I could buy his jersey the other day, uh, and I didn't see it there. But if it becomes available – and he returns another touchdown. Shit, I might have to do it. I mean, we may have to customize one because, well, damn, he had a hell of a game. And honestly, since he, he's been getting the opportunities, he's made the most of them. Uh, I don't recall a single time where he, where he you know, played poorly or made an uh, incorrect decision. I could be wrong about that. But considering that he wasn't the original return specialist, that's great. I, I, I'll i take it. And I, I was so curious if you were going to bring up Ben Skronik there. I, <laughs> I, I was, I was the, the funny thing is when I saw that play unfold there, I'm like, Steve's going to talk about this. Man, yeah. And he's, for the most part, been okay in special teams. Um Though he certainly has some blunders. Not, unfortunately, he's become like my punching bag here. Listen, I hope he's good. I hope it all works out for him in the NFL. Uh, yeah. But for fuck's sake, man. And I was glad they didn't play him on offense, at least in this game, really. Oh, there was really no need to. Yeah. they The snap counts in this game, they really, I think, Michelle, Beckham, Jefferson, Higby, Cup, all were over 90%, which has not happened in a long time, especially with Beckham. So it was cool to see that they're they're really trusting him now. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I also do want to shout out the fact that Matt Gay had a pooch kick in this game, and it worked. Special teams firing in all cylinders, man. Even Hecker didn't play that bad. No, actually, Hecker had a had a really good punt in this game. Yeah, he did. Um, it, he actually looked like old Hecker out there. Um. Well, no, maybe won't go that far, but he he looked a lot better than he has since 2018. Yeah, he there was a punt where it got to like I think it got kicked to like the the 20 yard line, and I was like, wow, another fucking hacker, not big kick. And then I was like, wait, weren't we on like our own 10 yard line? So I I immediately course corrected. He had a good game. Um. Anything else you wanted to hit before we kind of look forward here to next week in the playoff picture? Just that Brandon Powell's the MVP. Amen. Amen, brother. Um, So kind of some table setting before we get to the Ravens game. This is obviously a big week for the Rams. Right now we're sitting pretty in uh, the three seed right now, right? And we touched on this earlier. The Cardinals and Cowboys play this week which is massive, massive playoff implications for us. You know, assuming we could take care of business in Baltimore. If Arizona beats Dallas, then the Rams take over the two seed, and all they'll have to do is win next week against uh, San Francisco. Again, easier said than done. Uh, and and they'll get the two seed, which is going to be a huge position. You're going to get uh, whoever the seven seed is, and you're going to have home field in the divisional round, assuming you win, and potentially on field in the the NFC Championship, though, to me, I feel like that's running through Lambeau, but we'll see. And if, uh, even if the Cardinals can't take care of business in this game, it'll make it a lot harder for the Rams to get to the two-seed, although Dallas plays Philly in Week 18, which is going to have huge implications for Philly, too. So it's it's really possible Dallas drops one of these two games, even if it's not this week. But if they if they win this week and the Rams win, then we clinch the division. So regardless of the outcome of this Dallas Arizona game, if the Rams win, it's going to be massive momentum for their playoff push. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, obviously I, I think we want the number two seed if at all possible, but. Even if they end up with like the third seed, I I think would be fine. You know, uh, considering that you know there was a very realistic possibility that they would have to go in through wild card. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I'll freaking take it. <laughs> like the fucking four seed, dude. Give me a home game. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I love the two seed though. <laughs> um, oh, the Super Bowl's home home game. Yeah, I I think to get the one seed. We would need a lot of that shit to happen, and we need Green Bay to lose out, which I don't anticipate happening. Uh, no, no chance. Yeah. And another thing I was trying to look into is like, well, what can the Rams do to avoid 
San Francisco in the first round, the answer would be to drop to the four seed, which is not ideal. Just beat the fucking 49ers. There's a very good chance that whether they're the two seed or the three seed, if if they get, they get that, that they'll still have to play San Francisco, no matter what seed they get. It's certainly possible. Um, and that's a better outcome, even though it terrifies me to play San Francisco Get the two seed. If they're the seventeen, you, seven seed, you should still whoop their ass. That's a better outcome than dropping to the four seed or dropping to the five seed and having to play either Arizona or Tampa Bay or whoever. <laughs> Just fucking whoop their ass in week 18 and get it over with. Get that skeleton out of your closet, man. Just figure it out. Yeah, completely agree. And I, I would say out of any team in the NFL, or in the playoff run, I should say, the only team that really terrifies me is the 49ers. Yeah. And and that's because of their history with the 49ers recently. It, uh, other than that, like, I, I, obviously, you know, you have the, the Green Bay Packers who are, are the fucking Green Bay Packers. But, I mean, I feel like the Rams have a better shot at the Packers than they do with the 49ers, which is weird to say. <laughs> no way. No way. I I mean, is it wrong? Not because they're going to be getting San Francisco at home uh, and not playing That's in Lambeau. That's and true. also, That's like, <laughs> Green Bay is really good. And the funny thing is, like, if we avoid the 49ers, we're getting either – um, I haven't looked into Washington's path for the playoffs. I'm assuming it's ridiculous. So I'm not going to count them. We're getting either the Eagles, the Vikings, the Falcons, or the Saints, if if we win the division. Uh, none of those teams scare me. It would be really fucking cool if we got to play the Falcons and get a little revenge playoff game. Or, obviously, I want them to play the Saints because, that, you know, we beat them by 50. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> That'd be delightful. <laughs> and it would make the intro of our podcast relevant. Oh yeah, for sure. And and oh man, I could already see the memes happening if that happened. <laughs> I tell I tell him keep talking that shit. We'll see him soon. <laughs> um, let's let's talk a little bit about the Ravens before we wrap up. We don't need to get into the last time the Rams played the Ravens. They lost forty five to six. They got the ass whooped. Uh, they really, it was just a case of a really good football team destroying a team that they're better than. And it just so happened the team that they're better than had a 9-7 and seven record that year, and it was that lopsided, and it felt like it should have been that lopsided. But two years later, the Rams have, have been up and down this season, but they're they're hot right now. The Ravens have been really fucking up and down, and they're cold right now. Uh, they dropped four in a row. They put the Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals. All, you know, none of those losses are really shockingly bad, though. I don't think the Steelers are good at all. I don't think the Browns are good. So nope. <laughs> some of them aren't great. But has to be mentioned, Lamar Jackson really only played in one of those losses against Pittsburgh. He got hurt early against Cleveland. Tyler Huntley is backup, played pretty good against Cleveland and played really fucking good in that loss to Green Bay. Uh, guy played out of his mind. Josh, Josh Johnson, man. Shout out to him. Uh, got the start against Cincinnati this week. Honestly, didn't play that bad. 
But I uh, they lost the game because Joe Burrow threw for 500 yards and T. Higgins caught almost 200 yards. So what we know about the Ravens right now, the most important facts is their pass defense is absolutely cooked. So this should be a game in which the Rams can come out and hang 40 on them. And their questions at quarterback. Lamar returned to practice today. This is Wednesday. But uh, reports are saying he was noticeably limping. Tyler Huntley's in COVID protocol, but they expect him back Thursday. So if you listen to the podcast, take a Google on that, see if he's back. Seems unlikely we're going to get Josh Johnson this week. So, you know, I, I think Huntley's pretty good, and I think he, he would pose some problems to us. But as in as somebody who has been saying all for the entire year, like dating back to June, I would not be picking the Rams in this game because I'm so shell-shocked by the last time we played them. I think I'm going to pick the Rams in this game. You know, um, if if you were to ask me – Earlier in the year, like, let's say the Rams are going to play the Ravens in, like, week five. I'd be hoping that Lamar Jackson doesn't play in this game. But considering that, you know, we're going into week 17, I, I want him to be in this game. You know, and the reason being is because if we can't beat Lamar Jackson and this kind of up-and-down Ravens team, how far are we going to get into the playoffs? I agree. Um, it's The Rams have been looked really good the last couple of games. I mean, even this game, those are applause. But I'm still not confident that this is a football team that could walk into Lambeau and, and win a playoff game. I, I'm not there yet. It wasn't that long ago where we thought the – the Rams weren't even going to win a playoff game. It's so I, I would like, you know, a, just, I love Lamar Jackson. I hope he gets back to full health and he can play in this game because he's very entertaining to watch. I think there's a lower chance we win if he plays in this game, but yeah, it's give us a test. This is, this is a Baltimore Ravens team. Their backs are against the wall. If they lose this game, they're probably not getting to the playoffs. You know, they wouldn't be eliminated, but look really unlikely. You've got John Harbaugh. He's one of the best coaches in football. Lamar Jackson's one of the best players in football. Even banged up. I'm still terrified of him. This is a good receiving core. This is the be- Mark Andrews is playing the best football by a tight end this season, I would say. I, this is a good test for the Rams, and I, I feel confident going into this game, but the Ravens have a lot of talent. They they will compete in this game. This is a game, even if Jackson's not out there and it's Tyler Huntley, this is a game that the offense needs to win for us based on how cooked uh, the Ravens' defense has looked at times in games this year. I mean, they got slaughtered by, by the Bengals' pass offense. Joe Burrow went 37 of 46 for 525 yards. That's fucking insane. Uh, Stafford should be able to tear this defense apart. And based on what we saw last week, I think he needs that as much as, you know, we as fans do. Absolutely. And he has the weapons to do so. So there's no excuses. He needs to be able to go out there and, you know, he doesn't have to throw for 500 yards, though. That would be nice. 
um, you know, go out there and throw for 300 plus, you know, um, go, uh, and for fuck's sake, Sean McVay, if, if, uh, Sony Michelle happens to be, you know, going out there and tearing up defenses, there's no need to have Matthew Stafford throwing interceptions to Anthony Barr. There's just, there's no need for it. Nope. Yeah, I I think the Rams, for the most part, will be okay. Um, Offensively, I think that, fingers crossed, they'll be fine. I'm more concerned about Mark Andrews more than anything. Yeah, he's a monster. And, And you could still win this game, even if he goes off. I mean, Johnny, like, game planning for this game, this is Sean McVay's wet dream. The Ravens have the best rush defense in the NFL and the worst pass defense in the NFL. So, like, I mean, God, McVay has got to be so excited to game plan for this game, man. That is, like, he could just do all his stupid shit. He could get his out there, uh, get, get throw it all out there, throw as many passing plays as you want because that's the recipe to winning this game. And it's going to be on Stafford, honestly. You know, I think Andrews is going to eat. He eats every week. Doesn't matter who's out there. Like we like we've said for a lot of good teams, the Rams have played. You know, if the Ravens come out here and score twenty five points, that's fine. Like the the offense should be able, the offense is going to need to score thirty points or or close to it to win this game. Realistically, um, even if the defense comes out and plays great, you should still expect a your offense to perform because it's a really bad pass defense. You have a receiver on the verge of breaking the single season record for receiving yards. You got a quarterback who usually is really good. You should be able to throw the ball all over against this team. And you should be able to win because your offense threw the ball all over this team, regardless of how the defense plays, unless they give up 60 points. So, Steve, over or under 50 pass attempts? I think under just because they're they don't run that many plays usually to where he'd get for to 50 attempts with with Stafford Goff did it multiple times which is fucking nuts but I I would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah I agree with you I I think it'll be under I, I think about 30 pass attempts maybe 40 yeah high 30s I would say give me a prediction what's your prediction uh, I think the Rams end up winning here. Um, I'm going to say uh, 34-27. Yeah. I think I, she... I, I'm just terrified of Mark Andrews. Yeah, You can win, though, even if he has, like, 120 yards. I will say I don't think Sean McVay has stopped thinking about this game for two years. I think he's very. I think he was probably very excited that this game got added to the schedule as their bonus game. I think they come out and destroy the Ravens. I think he. I think he's still embarrassed by that game two years ago. I think they come out here have a statement game. Thirty-eight to thirteen is my prediction. I went with a Johnny prediction this week. Wow. Wow. I. <laughs> I, I I don't even have any words for this. I, I I'm but, putting it out there. I'm putting it know, out there. I, I hope so, man. I, I hope I hope the Johnny prediction actually works this time. 
if you're a gambling man, for the love of God, don't follow that prediction, please. I mean, hey, the payout would be amazing. <laughs> I would not. I would not bet on this game. Uh, the Ravens are too good at, at their best, and it's on the road. I mean, we'll see. But I'm confident. Uh, I I really think that Sean McVay wants to win this game really fucking badly after the prime time debacle from 2019. Any anything else before we depart here? Uh, just that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Brandon Powell, you know, having two uh, returns for a touchdown in this game. Uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup having like 300 receiving yards in this game. If Brandon Powell returns a touchdown in the playoffs in a big moment, I'll buy a jersey. Put it on the record. Hell, I'll buy a jersey. <laughs> we'll get matching jerseys. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, again for listening. Uh, we appreciate you as always. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Barrow at johnny 6 at TalkRams. And we'll be back next week, hopefully after a Rams blowout victory. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?